Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. I hope everyone is staying safe, sane, and healthy out there right now. We are all under social isolation and learning a new way of life while our medical professionals and other essential workers continue to figure this out day by day. If you're listening to this at a later date, this is when we are in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19, and currently in the U.S., we are all pretty much all under quarantine or social isolation. It's definitely been a stressful few weeks so far, and my heart goes out to everyone and anyone out there who's feeling scared, worried, or alone right now. Today's episode is not about COVID-19, and I hope that it makes your heart sing the way that it did mine. Today on the podcast, I have Shello. She's an intuitive, a teacher, and a life coach living in beautiful Hawaii. We dive deep into Shello's spiritual journey and what it means to be an intuitive. We go into her spiritual awakening, how to set boundaries as an empath, and how to trust where you're at right now. Energy is everything, and knowing how to best utilize and emphasize that energy is important in our everyday lives. I know you will all love this episode as much as I did. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the Chronically Healing Podcast on your favorite podcast network so that you never miss an episode. And if you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast. If you love it, it helps us grow. I really appreciate all of you over on Instagram sharing the podcast and your favorite episodes and tagging me. It has been wonderful to see that you guys are loving this podcast as much as I do. But without further ado, let's dive into the show and learn more about Shello. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Shello all the way from Hawaii. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Jesse. I'm excited to be here. Of course. I'm so excited to jump into this episode. I think I love talking about just all parts of life, and that's why, like, for me, I started this chronically healing space as a space for people with chronic illness, but it's actually kind of expanded, not just people with chronic illness, but just like the like life and healing journey all over the place. Like just people who want to live a really good and empowered life and they want to do like really cool things in life. So I'm excited to talk with you today because I think that you have a little bit different of a story than some of the podcast people that I've had on before. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and who is Shello? (laughs) All right. Well, Shello is my name. It's pronounced Shell with an O at the end. (laughs) We just talked about that. Yeah. Um, so I am known as the Island Intuitive on the island of Oahu, Hawaii, like he said. I am an intuitive empath, so I uh, feel energy, I see energy, uh, anything basically with the five senses energy related, um, I, t- I tap into. Um, I'm a spiritual teacher, and so I uh, teach about spiritual awakening and consciousness and our our energy centers, our chakras, and things of that nature. I'm a life coach as well, mm. and um, I'm a healing energy practitioner, um, again, working with energy centers. And I love how you said that your podcast is, you know, mainly geared towards those with chronic illness, but that it's it's expanded uh, to different realms. And I, and I, that doesn't surprise me because, um, there's so much that affects our, our physical self, right? 
our energetic self, our spiritual self, our emotional self. That's all part of our aura. And so it's all interconnected. So that doesn't surprise me that you're expanding and that um, there's more and more information that's being integrated together. And I think that's happening um, in, the, in the medical community, in the spiritual community, um, where people, more and more people are realizing that our emotions, our mental state affect our, our physical being and um, the impetus of chronic illness and how energy takes, you know, kind of interplays with that. So I'm happy that you are um, providing such a nice um, array of topics for your audience to hear, because I really think that that'll be beneficial in their healing journey. Yeah, I totally agree. For me, um, just like my personal journey, honestly, I've I'm grateful for my chronic illness because I would not have made the changes in my life that I did because of that. And honestly, the biggest changes in my life that I've made while going to the doctor and being on different diets have been helpful. It's actually been the changes that I've made to my mental state, the parts of my personality that I've tapped into, the just like overall healing of my entire self and that holistic like look at things, which I think is so important. So, um, it's, it was like, it was surprising to me, but same, it wasn't surprising to me when I, when more people started listening and wanted to hear about different things, because I think, um, I think everybody is going through a healing journey and it's not whether you have chronic illness or not. I hope that you don't, but if you don't, and you're still going through your own journey in life and kind of coming to to terms with who you are and who you want to be. So I think, yeah, I just think it's really cool. But I, can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and how that started for you? And because I'm, I don't know, maybe you did, you like woke up when you were born and you were just this spiritual empath and this intuitive, or maybe, maybe that's not your story. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I, I, there's an interesting background if, you know, if people believe in kind of like the, um, it was meant to be kind of, you know, magical stuff. There is kind of a story behind how I was conceived. Mm. If we want to go way, way back there. <laughs> um, you know, my, my parents had been married for 70 years. And um, when they had been married for a period of time, and I can't remember exactly how many years, almost 40 years, I think, um, they were almost going to divorce and separate, which is unheard of in the Filipino culture. In the Philippines, that just doesn't happen. You don't divorce or, you know. But they went to a spiritual retreat. It was kind of my dad's last ditch effort to have my mom forgive him and things of that nature. And, uh, and so during that process of that spiritual retreat, uh, my mom for the first time really was standing her ground and would not, you know, was very, her heart had been hardened, not really ready to forgive my dad. And it took, you know, a group of relatives and a lot of, uh, spiritual inner work and, and prayer for her to really give my dad another chance after that. Mm-hmm. And out of that, there were already six children at that point, And out of that came me mm-hmm. and, um, and they named me shallow, uh, which in Spanish means sky or heaven. Mm. Um, so, so that's kind of how I was conceived and growing up all my life, I didn't know that I, felt any differently than anybody else. I just knew that I felt a lot. I felt very deeply. My dad always said that I was, you know, he would always say that I was too emotional. 
Mm. I'd cry over everything. My feelings would be hurt over everything. And, and I remember being a teenager and in my early twenties where he would say to me, honey, you know, you know, very lovingly, please try to use more of your practical mind than your heart because, you know, the world's very difficult. And if you're constantly going to be emotionally um, distraught by things in your life, it's not going to serve you. But I didn't know how to be anything else. So it, I realized he was saying that from a place of love, but at the same time, I just felt like, well, that's just who I am. I can't help but feel what I feel. So, you know, all my life, uh, I was the relative, the aunt, because being that I was the youngest of seven, all my nieces were, I could party with them, right? There was only like a 10 year difference. We used to go clubbing together, but anyways, that's another show. Um, <laughs> but, you know, growing up, I would be the aunt, you know, because I was in maybe my 20s or 30s and they were in their teens or whatever. And I was the aunt that got the three o'clock in the morning call because they were going through something. And so that was just kind of who I was. And then, you know, when I was a, um, a young adult or even in high school, I was the friend that everybody just told their problems to. And I loved that. I loved to help people that came naturally to me. I just had a heart for people that were in pain and I always wanted to make people feel better. Um, and going into my adulthood, uh, I think is when I, when I started getting into the workforce and things like that, where I was realizing that, um, you know, I was going to have to learn how to not say, or basically say no and not say yes to everybody and to start, you know, didn't even know what boundaries were, of course, <laughs> emotional boundaries and healthy boundaries. But I kind of had to learn that the hard way because I just wanted to help everybody and, you realize that you can't save the world, that there's so many people that are in emotional pain and have a lot of need. And so you can't possibly fill that. And, and that's what I was trying to do. I just wanted to be there for everybody. I was trying to catch everybody's ball that was dropping. I wanted to be the good friend, the good sister, the good daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to fix things. I was the, doing things I wasn't supposed to at work. Um, so instead of playing with the team, I was the one catching all the balls in the team, you know, that were, that would have been dropped. That's just that my personality. So if somebody wasn't willing to do it, I was going to do it at all costs. And so I quickly learned, you know, because my physical health told me, I broke out in hives and all that, that you can't do this. You can't, you know, he can't function like this in the world. So I went through my kind of my 30s where I, I came down with some chronic stuff and I didn't realize it was linked to my being this kind of um, trying to be a savior in, in, in other people's lives and putting myself last. It wasn't serving me. I was getting physically sick. Um, and I was, you know, I had been married um, for a while at that point, but it wasn't until um, I was married for almost 18 years and I was a military spouse and all that the stressors that that comes with moving and, and starting over and all that stuff. So as you can imagine, I had that aspect of my life, the physical, the mental, emotional strain. And then I had kind of the nature of who I was trying to help everybody else. And I just couldn't keep up with it. I was a mom. I was a military wife. I was going to school. I was going through all kinds of stuff. And so I, I came down with a series of kind of medical, you know, medical, physical issues. And it was my body trying to tell me, you know, enough is enough. Like you can't keep this up. And, um, 
you know, so I came to a point where uh, things just came to a halt with my health. Um, I, I began to look around me and realize that I wasn't living an authentic life for me. I was living it for everybody else. That included my marriage. Um, I ended up going through a divorce, a uh, very painful time in my life. And that was, that was the true impetus of my spiritual awakening because mm. I had been so physically broken at that point. Emotionally, I was, you know, kind of, I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went through my divorce, I was going through a process of healing from my physical illness, my emotional stuff from the divorce. And through that process of healing was when I really was, was digging deep. I was digging real deep because I was in so much emotional pain. I didn't know how to fix it. I couldn't fix it for myself. Like I could try to fix it for everybody else. Um, and uh, I went through what's called the spiritual awakening. It was the dark night of the soul. It was the absolute excavation of everything I knew to be true in my life. Everything that provided stability, whether that was finances, you know, love, family, everything was just turned upside down, inside out, right side, you know, um, one big mess. And I was just searching because I was in so much pain. I was just searching for whatever could heal me. And in that process of searching, I went to therapists, you know, I went to, um, I was, went to Bible studies. I, um, you know, uh, was taking spiritual classes. I was reading books. I was, you know, praying, I was just seeking all day, every day. Um, and it was a four year journey mm. from 2012 to 2016. Um, and that four year period, a lot had happened. You know, a lot had happened. Different relationships came into my life. A lot of things came to fruition and that came to my awareness. And that's kind of how my spiritual awakening process started. So it and if that's not uncommon, by the way, for um, something, you know, a huge shift in people's lives, whether it's a transition, a, some kind of a divorce, a death, mm -hmm. uh, a, an illness, you know, it could be all of the above, but something just causes you to realize that you can't go forward in the way that you have been and, and something's got to change and you have no choice but to go internally because you know there's nowhere else to go but internally and so that was that was the beginning of it for me and it was it was the longest four years of my life but uh in hindsight the the biggest blessing i wouldn't change it for anything in the world i mean it is what has transformed me mm -hmm. into the person that i am today yeah it's that's so crazy as you're speaking to that i my husband got sick about a year and a half ago and um similarly that is when he started his spiritual awakening awakening he is actually apart from like core pieces of who he is he's an entirely different person than even when i met him um in a really cool way. Like it was, it was difficult being a partner in that, in that space, but also kind of watching that happen for him and like, you know, losing friendships, losing family members, losing, um, literally losing his body. And he was like a personal trainer, a bodybuilder, and he lost his body and like having to learn who he was outside of his physical body and all this stuff. And it was, 
it was, I mean, it was hard for me as a, as a partner to be completely honest, but for him, I obviously can't even imagine, um, everything that he went through, but like watching it, it, it's just, it's crazy. And he's still, you know, he's like you said, four years, he's still kind of trudging through some of the, some of the parts of it, but he's like, he's really tapped into who he is. And, and he too went from being someone that was anytime I would talk about, you know, crystals or chakras or manifesting, he would be like, okay, Jesse. And now, you know, he like truly identifies as an empath and he is like, like really learning how to listen to his intuition and it's it's interesting to watch so so that's such an it's interesting to hear your story as well because um having watched that kind of similar experience how like how did you start to notice i mean you said you noticed your whole life that you were emotional and that and that people kind of came to you but how did you start to notice these parts of you that were intuitive and maybe even describing what does being intuitive mean? Because someone listening to this might not even know, but how did you kind of start to, to understand those parts of you and instead of running away from them, kind of dig into them and and find out more? Yeah, that's a great question. It's interesting because I didn't know anything other than that. I just, when I would, um, when people would come to me for help, I, there was just a knowing, Mm of it's almost like I walked in their shoes. Mm-hmm. I could I could feel what that feels like when they're telling me their story. I could feel it with all my being as if I've lived it with them. Mm-hmm. So it's this it's this absorbing of that of that energy. It's this inner knowing inside. Mm-hmm. And so what happens with empaths is because there is that gift of empathy and people really feel like you understand them because you do mm-hmm. you understand them as if you walk the journey. And so that's, that's why people gravitate towards that energy. And, um, and there's this, this, you know, this gravitational pull because there's a healing um, from empaths, whether it's just the light, the words that they emit, the, you know, the support, the encouragement, all that can be very healing. Um, I noticed when I was working, uh, when I was doing counseling and working with people that were, um, you know, either um, like wounded warriors and and people that were in physical and emotional pain and injuries, that when I would talk to them and I'd be doing my normal job as a case manager and, and writing, and I would, we would hit a certain point and, you know, I could feel it pierce their soul and emotions start to come up within them and there's a healing coming and I get what's called God bumps all over me. Mm-hmm. So what people refer to as goosebumps, right? So I get a physical change in my body when I am working with somebody or talking to somebody and especially when uh, spirit gives me channels through me what to say to them it's Mm -hmm. just it's not even a thing it's not a separate thing it's just a knowing it's just a natural thing that happens but my my hairs will stand and and I always say it just comes out of my mouth okay this this is a message for you I've said that all my life this is a message for you and I I didn't realize that there was a name for that I didn't know that I was intuitive or channeling or I didn't know what it was called all I knew was that it was this natural 
relationship that happened with people. I would feel something in my physical body. That's how it started for me, right? So being an, being an empath um, is the ability to feel energy mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes absorb it in our physical being and, and really be, you know, affected by it. Um, and just having like that inner knowing. So those are kind of the main, you know, the main definitions of what being an empath is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's really interesting because along with that, that gift of, of compassion and empathy and being able to, you know, feel energy, um, a lot of times empaths will draw into their lives relationships anyway, um, love relationships, right. Of, um, you know, people that need, you know, help in some way, emotional help. So whether it's, uh, people that have a codependency background, people that have a narcissistic background, you know, people that have, a a, a huge emotional need and and you know for lack of for lack of better words just a lot of you know healing that they need to do right on their path and empaths will draw that into themselves and it takes you know a lot of years of having experienced that to realize that what you who you are as an empath in the in the gifts that you have um you got to separate them right from yourself and, and have good boundaries, but also to realize that that gift is not meant for you to do that in relationships. Mm, yeah. Right. You're not meant to be the teacher. Yeah. The helper, the enabler, the whatever else you want to call it. Right. Because that's where it starts getting um, really messy and really unhealthy, you know, mm. unhealthy behaviors. And that's why there's a lot of empaths that, have a tendency to be in codependent type relationships or have a huge history of codependency because uh, it's kind of hard to separate wanting to help somebody and, and getting to the point where you want to be a fixer. You want to, you know, you're in, in essence enabling, um, you want to do the work for them because you just can't stand to see humanity in pain, right? You just want to fix it in any way you can. And especially when you're with people that are, you know, are feeling helpless and don't have that motivation or that energy within themselves to get themselves past that hump. It's just like, you just want to take their hand or pick them up and, and take them to that destination. But people have to do the work for themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's a very interesting journey to be an empath and not realizing what all that entails. Yeah. How that, that can, how that plays out in, in all areas of your life, you know, as a, as a, a um, professional, as, you know, in your personal life, right. In your social interactions and, and how you're energetically affected by it. There's so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Do you, that's actually interesting. I feel like I, I kind of go back and forth personally between like, I know that I'm an empath, but I also know that I'm highly sensitive. And I think that those two things can kind of, um, definitely most of the time coincide. So like, even for me, we were talking about this before we started the podcast, but like, um, with the kind of the way of the world right now, or even for me, sometimes if I'm in a, in a low state, um, if I go into a restaurant and there's a lot of people, 
my husband gets so annoyed with me because I literally can't pay attention to him because all I can do is feel what everybody else is. Like, I literally am just thinking about what everybody else is going through in the room and it can be overwhelming. And And I personally haven't fully figured that out yet. I have noticed when I'm in a higher vibe, higher energy state that it's easier for me to kind of like live my own life versus living everybody else's life at Chipotle. But (laughs) but do you have any like tips or tricks that you kind of use to, to try to be able to block some of that or set some of those boundaries up for yourself? Because it can be, it can totally wipe you out, I'm sure. Yeah, it can. I mean, I literally used to spend weekends just in bed. Yeah. You know, watching like trash TV, something yeah. that, that I'm serious. Like I, yeah. that's what I would do. And that I did that all my life. Um, yeah. And let me say that with highly sensitive, the HSPs, highly sensitive people in, they can coexist together, right? Empaths are, are typically highly sensitive in nature. Not all high, highly sensitive people are empathic, but um, empathic people typically are hypersensitive and the more they open up, the more sensitive they get in their five senses. Like I give you an example. I was never audibly sensitive before. Mm. And it wasn't until, you know, my third eye opened and I, my intuitive part of my gifts really opened up that it, I, I noticed it. Uh, I noticed different things shifting and I didn't realize that's what it was. So mm. I used to be able to sit at a restaurant and the music would never bother me and the people, and all of a sudden I just found myself being like that, you know, that irritable old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it just me? Cause it feels deafening in here. Yeah. And I would tell them things like, could you, can, I'm so sorry, but can you like turn the you know, it's just deafening. Or can you move me to a corner? Or I would just get it to go because it was just the energy in the room, the sounds, the everything. You know, I could be hearing the kitchen pots and pans. That the temperature in the room would bother me. Um, I started noticing that things that I used to do before, like get my nails done. I'd always gotten my nails done, and then all of a sudden, I would like, you know. Uh, they would be working on my hands or trying to, you know, I would, I would feel extra sensitive. And it all of a sudden it felt like there were, you know, they were stabbing me instead of filing my nails. And I would notice myself getting more and more sensitive to my surroundings. And so there are plenty of things that we could do uh, to protect our energy and, and we should. Um, so, you know, we are energetic beings, so we're constantly exchanging energy all day, every day. We're doing it when we're talking, even if we're not physically together like this. Um, you just, it you just are, right? Mm-hmm. Even, even with EMF, right? Yeah. Um, you're affected by that. But um, some things you could do for yourself, number one, protect your energy. Realize you're an energetic being. So, you know, we have energy centers that are chakras, and these are always exposed. This is part of our aura and it, and it shoots out, you know, several feet, right? So um, you can pick up other people's energy, of course, not even in being in their physical presence, but especially um, in their physical presence, because, you know, your energy field is so much extends so much farther out. Um, so there are things you could do and um, you can zip up your chakras and it's, it's this, uh, spiritual practice of just imagining and actually doing the physically doing the maneuver of from the top of your pubic bone or the base of your spine 
coming up and zipping your mm. chakras. And with the intention of keep my energy within me and contained, and it's actually very, very effective. Um, you can, and, and they've done this with muscle testing, for example, where somebody walks in the room, their chakras are open, they do muscle testing, they have less energy, they zip up their chakras, literally the next second, they own their energy. Mm. So there's a lot of science behind it. Um, so zipping up your chakras, um, you know, if you gravitate towards gemstones and things of that nature, there is jewelry that you can wear. There's, there's stones that are, are protective in nature that you could wear. I wear a black onyx ring. I just recently started doing that. I was never, I never gravitated towards gemstones, but for whatever reason, in this last six to eight months, I felt an additional need to add on to my protection of my, of my energy. Um, you can, you can imagine or white light yourself, right? Imagine yourself being protected by a bubble when you're interacting with people. Um, when you're feeling the nervous energy at the time going out, you know, barefoot and putting your feet on the grass is very, very effective for getting rid, like literally feel that, uh, anxiety or that nervous energy leaving your body. Um, and just having a good, you know, we are the worst in terms of taking care of ourselves. We just are. It's just, even when we have intention and we're on the path of healing or whatnot, it takes a lot of discipline daily before your, fit e your feet even hit the ground to remember to protect yourself before you even get up out of bed. And I'm the worst. I'm, let me tell you what, I'm the worst. And when we first wake up in the morning, is the most amazing time actually because your subconscious state is still very much um you're still in that space of just having slept and just woken up and it's a very sacred space actually to meditate and to take some breaths and to protect ourselves before we even start our day um at the end of the day is another effective way of releasing energy and things like that so so there's those things that you can do but really you can do all these practices but if you don't have healthy boundaries of saying no and declining invitations and, you know, really listening to what you need um, and, and putting yourself first, which is, I think, one of the hardest lessons for us, for us to learn as empaths, because it's, it, it's counterintuitive for us. It, you would literally have to change <laughs> who you are to do that. Yep, yep, yep. You know? And it doesn't, it feels selfish when you first do it. It feels selfish. It feels mean mm -hmm. you know, to decline or to whatever. But a lot of us learn the hard way because we end up getting sick. Uh, we end up getting depleted over and over again. People end up taking advantage, you know, whether intentionally or not, mm -hmm. right? You, there's, you know, everybody's always got the one friend or the one family member, you know, that would take, you know, that would drink from the well too much and you're, and literally your well is, is depleted. So you know, it's not answering your, your phone, not answering a text, not feeling like you have to be plugged in. It's limiting your social media. Mm -hmm. um, it's limiting viewing the news. It's doing a, a little bit of all those things. And each person is different and so unique and individualized that there are things that affect people more than others. Like I can't watch anything that has to do with um, on the news that has to do with, for example, animals that are being like tortured or I, I've, I could never watch it. Yeah. Never watch it. Like literally would make me sick to my stomach. I would physically be sick. Just even 
the thought of it, you know, I'm sweating right now, just like talking to you about it. Yeah. I, that's something I, I couldn't do, you know? Um, so people have different sensitivities. Um, and so I would say that you really have to listen and be in tune and trust what your body and what your sensitivities are and just trust that. Mm-hmm. If you go out to a party and you feel like you have, you need three days to recover from it, then <laughs> limit your social calendar. Or, you know, if you're going to go somewhere say, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend an hour, hour and a half, and then I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to be completely depleted before, you know, and take three days to recover because it can, it could literally take a week sometimes to recover from something, you know? So, um, honor your energetic space. Yeah. You know? And, um, that's what I would say. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it really is entirely up to you and like what works for you. So for me, um, it's interesting that you said like when your third eye opened that you, that you started noticing even more sensitivities. And personally, that's interesting for me because I've noticed in the last year, sound is much more apparent to me. So even my husband chewing, he's even said like, it's crazy that this bothers you so much. I've always chewed this way. And for me though, it like, it actually hurts. Like, but I've always been the person that like, as you were talking before about it, this, it actually like makes my hands sweat when someone, um, like moves a fork across a plate. I, I literally am, I'm struggling saying it out loud because it hurts me so much and just all of these different things. And, and everybody is different with, with like the type of energy that you put out that you can take in the type of, um, sensitivities. And for me, it was actually interesting understanding the difference between, so I consider myself an extrovert. So being in these public places with all these people is something that I love. But then I was noticing, like you said, that sometimes I would be out for a week or I would be so wiped out. So I had to learn my balance. So like you said, um, for me, I love being around people. I love doing stuff like that. I just need, I just need a shortened amount of time or like working. I work in an open concept place. So uh, being able to work from home a few days a week and still going in a couple days, it like helps me balance that. Even something as simple as travel. um, I always take, whenever I get home, I always take the next day off because, and a lot of people I think do that to like go get groceries and stuff like that. But for me, I actually need the space to like decompress from the vacation and from the travel and all that kind of stuff. And it's like finding what works for you. Yes. I'm exactly the same way. And, and, you know, and it's because I, you know, learning that the hard way, right. Learning traveling and then going back to work the next day and then suffering. And um, so, yes, it's, it's really just part of the self love and self care. Yeah. It really is, you know, and it's one of our, our harder lessons to learn usually the kind of the boundaries, the detachment, the self-care and love. Those are, I feel like the, the lessons towards the end of the book Yeah, <laughs> that we learn when in fact it should be like 101, you know, yeah. it should be like a, it should be like a prerequisite to being an empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like a kindergarten class or something. <laughs> yes. Could we just put this on the curriculum? please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are there any like, 
rituals or routines that you do daily, whether it's a morning routine or just like routines you do every day that kind of keep you in your most, in your most balanced state? Yeah. So I have, um, so there was a period of time during my awakening that I was doing something daily. Mm. You know, I had a ritual, right? I had, um, I had a, the, my Jesus calling, which was my favorite thing to read every day at work. And it would be the first thing I would read. Um, as well as uh, starting your day right. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the first two things I would read. And I, I would have it by my desk at work and I would read it every day and I would pull a positive affirmations card. So mm-hmm. I was doing that for many years. And as time had gone on, um, you know, and then I started meditating and things like that. I'm at a point right now where I feel like there isn't anything that I do ritualistically on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like I, I, because I just, maybe I'm in more in tune with what my body needs. I just listen more to my, my intuitive needs. Mm-hmm. And um, if I feel, and you know, caveat to that is that I don't get to that point anymore of depletion that I did before. So it's been easier for me to manage my energy. Um, just because of learning how to detach and practice self-care now. So I never get to that place of needing that if I didn't do something daily, it would really affect me. So now it's, you know, like I do these events, sometimes these weekend events, these expos, and during that weekend, Friday night, Saturday, and all, all day Saturday and all day Sunday, I am reading. I'm doing readings all day. And, uh, and that's where, you know, I, I, leading up to that, there's a lot more that I do to mm-hmm. try to center myself and balance myself, release, protect myself, protect my energetic space during that. There's a lot of things that I do to ground. I'll step outside. Um, the first time I did that, I didn't take breaks because I wanted to help as many people as I could. And by the, you know, by the second expo, I was like, okay, we're putting in a break for me <laughs> yeah. hour, on the hour. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And, you know, and again, boundaries, right? Because, uh, because there's, you know, there's, there's so many people to help and there's so many things, um, you know, that you want to do and you just want to help everybody and, and you have a short amount of time, but, you know, I realized you can't do that. And so, you know, it works out because if you're not able to help somebody and, and you were really meant to, what happens is they'll call you afterwards and they'll see you afterwards a week, a month, three months later. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, even if I, even if I did that all day, every day and didn't take a break, I, there still wouldn't be enough time in the world, right? That's just the nature of helping people, mm-hmm. you know, um, case management, nursing, whatever you want to call it. Counseling 101 is you can't save the world. Mm-hmm. Just can't. And so I've learned, um, to do things more on a, I, I just kind of on an as needed basis, right? Um, I, I know, I know myself enough now to where, okay, leading up to something, I know I'm going to have to, there's more things that I'm going to have to do than my normal day to day. If I have a client coming, um, you know, 30 minutes before they come, I'll do some centering, some grounding, some deep breaths, and I'll say a prayer for, of protection for myself and for God to channel through me. Um, and when I, there's, there's jewelry, you know, that I wear when it's kind of like, it's just kind of like, uh, it's for protection, but also it's to signal, okay, spirit, I'm ready to do your work. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this little ritual that I've done. So there isn't anything daily anymore, but I feel like 
you know, I feel like when we are in the, the path of healing and before we really start to learn to, um, you know, master the things that will help us, um, anything and everything that you feel works for you, do. Mm-hmm. That's what I say there is no right or wrong. If it's pulling at you and gravitating towards you, do it, seek mm-hmm. it, um, you know, um, and, and just, you know, trust trust ourselves, trust what we need individually. There's a lot of people with, you know, that are empaths or a lot of people that are spiritual that are, you know, have lots of advice. And I say, take what you need from each person, you know, take, it's almost like you're, you're picking flowers and, you know, from each thing. And then you have a bouquet that's yours mm-hmm. and you can bloom in your yeah. own way. Yeah. I love that. I love that analogy. Like, I think that that makes so much sense. I was, I was talking on Instagram, I believe the other day and just like how like self-care is care of yourself. So it, while everybody, like I can give you all the things that I do, you can give me all the things. Every podcast guest or person on the internet can tell you what they do every day. Um, sometimes it doesn't work for you. Like I've, I've had clients in the past year have been like, you know, I just don't, I don't like journaling or I don't like meditating. And I'm like, cool, don't do it. <laughs> like it's like, you don't have to just because everyone in the space of, of self healing is, is doing that. Make it work for you. Like maybe meditation for you is taking a walk with your dog or sitting on the couch in the morning with your coffee or tea or something like that. And yes. And just like making it work for you. So I love the the analogy of the bouquet because I think that's really important. And plus you can change it at any time, right? So like if, oh my gosh, if one yes. day you don't you don't wanna journal, then don't journal. Like <laughs> just make it work yeah. for you. And we're constantly evolving. So things that don't resonate with us right now doesn't mean that it won't resonate with us six months from now or two years from now, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're constantly changing and evolving and um shifting in different ways. And so just trust what feels right to you in that moment. And if you gravitate towards it later on, then if you want to try it, then great. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not like putting yourself or someone else in harm's way, <laughs> like I feel like just trying something and making it work. Yeah. For you. yeah. Um, so how do you work with people in this space? In, in being an intuitive empath, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Or- energetic practitioner and stuff. Um, so I do intuitive readings, Mm -hmm. um, and I do chakra readings and healing work with people. And it is the most powerful, um, you know, whether I'm working with somebody like, for example, at the expo doing 15 minutes, you would think 15 minutes. It is the most powerful 15 minutes Mm -hmm. that I spend with somebody and just the healing that comes from that, the, because they can feel uh, spirit, they could feel, they, you know, there's that connection of feeling that healing for them coming through, or at least opening something up that they had maybe been holding onto that their soul is ready to heal. And it's funny because sometimes I'll have clients make an appointment with me for one thing, like they'll say, oh, you know, I'm, me and my boyfriend are having issues. And then something else completely comes up that's related to, you know, in essence, subconscious stuff that's, that's going on in some inner child healing that they need to do or some chakra work that they need to do or whatever. So 
Um, so I think, you know, it could be very powerful. So I do intuitive readings with people. And when I do intuitive readings, I, I don't use tools. I'm not a card reader. I channel, I pray for people. My prayer for people is always that God reveal to them what their highest good is. What is for their highest good at this point in time in their journey? What is it that you want them to know to help them move forward? You know, mm. we're all on a journey. Yep. And we're all learning lessons and we're all, so, um, when I work with them, I, um, I get three images usually. Sometimes they double up. Sometimes for people I get, you know, a couple of images in one. Um, but I'll get three images and uh, the images are very random. There are some of them that come up over and over and over again, but sometimes I'm just like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it'll be an animal, an object, uh, you know, whatever it is. And through that, there's just, I just, you know, it's like, it's almost like watching, a, watching flashes of pictures on a screen, mm. right? So I just see it in my mind's eye, a photo of something. And I'll just talk about how it resonates with me, what the feeling is behind it. And usually all three images relate to each other mm -hmm. in some way to paint a picture for that person. And usually by the time I'm on my third image, 97% or more of people are, there's a release of tears and, mm -hmm. you know, something that, that they were ready to hear um, and, uh, and move forward with. So it can be very empowering for them, very healing for them. Um, and then when I do uh, chakra work, uh, I, I, everything that I do is, uh, I, just, I just rely on my intuition 100%. Like I try to take a level one, two Reiki class out of curiosity. My boyfriend is a healer and he has a um, healing energy. He does healing energy. Uh, he's, a, he's a healing energy practitioner. Um, and he's actually the one who introduced me to energy work because he worked on me. And then for the first time I felt like there was electricity in my body and I was like, Oh my gosh. I didn't. <laughs> so uh, it kind of came about unplanned. A lot of, the, a lot of what I'm doing now wasn't planned. I didn't have this business plan. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I'm going to get a business license and then I'm going to do this. <laughs> That's not the way it happened at all. I didn't know that this is what I was going to be doing. <laughs> I just kind of fell into it. Um, but uh, so when I do healing energy work, I just, do, I just do what comes naturally to me. I, you know, uh, put my hands over, over people's bodies and where I feel energy, I feel in heat or in cold, or sometimes I'll just feel a pull for my hand to stay in a specific place. Um, I'll feel a need sometimes to channel energy into that person. Sometimes I feel the need to extract energy from certain parts of that person's body. Sometimes I feel a need to move energy through that person's body with my hands. Mm -hmm. um, and usually they feel kind of like in a meditative state. Sometimes there will be a release as well of tears. Mm -hmm. And this is their eyes closed. So um, they just, you know, are feeling the energy and all of a sudden might feel this just sudden need to cry and they don't know why. And, you know, and my hand happens to be in a specific chakra, let's say the heart, mm -hmm. you know, where I might be seeing shadowing or feeling a lot of heavy energy and as i'm putting love and and channeling love into their heart space all of a sudden they're, they'll break break out in tears mm. so it's um 
I feel tearful right now as I'm talking about this. I don't get to talk about it very often. I don't get to talk about really what I do very often, but it's really powerful for me too, because uh, it's humbling work. It's, um, it's powerful work. I would live, breathe, do it every day, all day, every day. And that's my hope is that God would, you know, align, align that opportunity to do that because I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love helping people in that way. It's a different way of helping people than I had before. Mm -hmm. It's really weird because I'd always talk to people and counsel people and taught people in that way, but I had never intentionally specifically for them connected with spirit for messages for them in, in that way. Um, being, being, um, intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been, you know, a journey for me. It's been a new experience for me. I think it started December of 2018 and it happened like it wasn't planned. I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to see an image. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of, like, what's happening? <laughs> literally, I was just talking to somebody. Somebody wanted to talk to me about something they were going through. Um, and it had to do with their love life or whatever. And I got a vision of somebody and I didn't know who it was, but I guess it was her father. Mm. A vision of a man. And I just was like, as I'm talking to her, looking at her, I'm like, what is, what's happening? Why am I seeing this image in my mind, in my mind? And I, and I just said, you know, I said, um, I'm seeing an image of somebody and I don't know who it is, but I said, you're talking to me and I, I feel like cold to tell you this. And I, and I described this person and, and she just broke down crying and it was her dad, mm. you know, who she had, um, not her dad hasn't been a part of her life and she just broke down crying. And the reason why spirit was showing her dad to me was that the things that were happening in her relationship were, uh, things that she needed to heal that had to do with her dad that were coming out in her relationship. Mm. And so we just, we, we kind of talked about that. So that's how it happened. Like I wasn't intentionally like, Oh, you know, praying for her specifically in that moment, but it just kind of happened that way. And when it happened, I thought to myself, wow. Okay. Well, then I, I tried it with my sister and I tried it with my daughter and I tried it with people that, you know, that I felt safe because I didn't really know what it was and what it was going to be. And, um, and that's kind of how it started. So, you know, it started out with that. Um, and then, and then it went to the chakras and then it went to the healing work and, you know, I don't know what else God has in store, but I just allow myself to be open and I trust whatever it is. It is. If mm -hmm. he tells me to do something I've never done before, I just do it. Yep. I just trust. Yeah. Um, you know, through that four-year journey, uh, you know, during that time, I really had to cultivate that that faith and trust, like, to a love to a whole new level that I had never uh, done before. And it's taught me, at this point in time, to literally submit in a way, like literally dangling myself off of a building without a safety net. <laughs> no, I had no, you know, like I've had no choice in the past where you know, God's really put me in that situation where he's like, jump now. Yeah. And, and I've had to do it over and over again. So now it's easy for me. And I realized, well, that's why I had to go through that because when he says jump and do something, there's no question. You can't be in your head thinking, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not trained because he's like, 
this is not about you. I am using you and you need to put your hands there. (laughs) (laughs) You need to say this or, you know, if you're worried about thinking about, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this doesn't sound right. I don't know why I'm seeing this image. You just trust it. Yeah. Trust it all the time. And so when I'm reading with people and there, you know, there are times where I'm just like, I'm seeing this image and they're like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, it's okay. Hang on to it. It might not be for now. It might be for later. And that's happened several times before mm. where somebody will come back and say, oh my gosh, that owl that you talked about that we didn't, we weren't really sure. Um, you know, it's this, my, you know, I got accepted to this and the mascot is an owl and it's this, <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Glad it made sense because I didn't know what it was, but. So it's just trusting and, you know, getting your kind of your ego out of the way and getting your human self out of the way of, you know, what you are, you are a channel, Mm. literally a channel. You are a vessel. That's all you are. You're connecting and you're being used. So just do it. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. So if people wanted to connect with you or work with you, how would they be able to do that? Yeah. So they could just contact me directly, um, whether that's through Instagram or go to my website, islandintuitive.com. I also have a free offer actually right now um, that I've been doing for for new followers on just on my Instagram page of a 15 minute intuitive reading or a 15 minute chakra reading or also um, a life balance assessment. And um, that's just a way to kind of introduce people to, you know, especially people who've never done it before. Uh, to see what what it's all about. So you can contact me through Instagram, Island Intuitive, or like I said, through my website. And I'd love to work with people. And I work with people remotely. So they don't have to be in my physical presence because energy is everywhere. So mm-hmm. it'd be in Canada or wherever. Yeah. As long as we can match up our time zones. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be in Hawaii. <laughs> but I like, it's so funny as you were talking about it earlier, I have personally never done in it, like been had an intuitive reading or the chakra work. So I'll probably be reaching out because I want to learn this. I I love this. Yes. 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 Please do. Please do. I love it. So is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? Oh my goodness. Just, you know, we're all on this healing journey. It is our path. Um, just trust where you are right now. Mm. Um, know that, uh, know that you're going to be okay. You really will. Um, you know, the hard times I, when I was going through the, I call it my, um, I call it my, uh, dark night of the soul, but also just, you know, going through that dark valley, right. The tunnel and going through that valley of the shadow of death. Mm. Um, and I really, couldn't see the light after four years you start giving up thinking there's this this is not going to end this is like crazy and um you know losing my faith even in the midst of it mm-hmm. really to question everything um you know and I feel like at some point in time you know we we all hit that that rock bottom place um for one reason or another whether it's transition or your health or a death or whatever and just really trust and lean in as you're ready you know, it's okay to, it's okay for you to question your faith. It's okay for you to be angry. It's okay for you to not like it and scream and kick and scream while it's happening. It's okay to be, mm-hmm. no matter where you are in life, it's okay to be there and just know that you're on a spiritual journey and 
lean into that, lean into knowing that um, you're not alone in the journey. We're really not. Uh, that's the most powerful thing is that we are not walking this lifetime alone. We weren't meant to. You don't have to have a certain belief system. You know, I happen to be Christian. That's where my belief system lies. You know, whatever people's belief systems are is fine. Mm -hmm. um, whatever it is for them, but just know that uh, you're not walking this journey alone and there is light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, the light is you, you know, that light is you in the tunnel and mm -hmm. you radiate it all the time. You radiate it all the time. So align yourself with that belief, align yourself with people that resonate with you, that make you feel good, that, that bring healing into your life, you know, um, remove yourself as much as possible when you're in that space yourself of people, of media, of anything that doesn't serve you. You know, don't expose yourself to things that are not serving you, whether that's a relationship, a family member. Um, you know, you are empowered to take care of yourself. You, you are allowed to, you know, you don't need permission to, to take care of yourself in whatever means that is whether that's transitioning from a relationship, transitioning from a place you live, a job, whatever it is that you feel you're called to do, trust it and know that um, one, one door leads to you know, something else opening a different path. And I always tell people, with the exception of, you know, if you wanted to um, do something bad, like hurt somebody or make a bad decision like that, with that exception, <laughs> um, don't be afraid to make decisions, you know, don't be afraid to make decisions for yourself, especially because one decision will just lead to, uh, you know, another, another opening to, to your path. And it's all going to lead you down where you need to be. So don't be afraid of that and um, know that you're not alone. And if you need help during that, reach out for help with who you feel, um, you know, where you gravitate towards, whether that's a counselor, you know, a psychologist, a healer, a, you know, a shaman you know, your pastor, whoever it is, wherever you feel led, trust it and try different things. You know, if you're open to it, try different things. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and that's what I would tell people. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great way to end this episode. I feel like just knowing that you're not alone. That's the, the whole reason I started this podcast was so people knew that there were other people out there like them that they could connect with and that were doing really cool things with their lives and with their journey. So thank you so much for being on today. I feel like this thank is going to be you. such an amazing <laughs> episode for everyone to listen to. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. It's been a pleasure. Of course. I'm so excited.